The funeral is about to begin, sir. All right. Welcome back to the Red River Horror.com podcast. I am your host, Joseph Kresge. Welcome to episode two. With me is the founder, creator of RedRiverHorror.com, Eddie Kayazo. Hi, Ed. Good afternoon, Joe. Yeah. Welcome. This episode's coming out on August 3rd? Yes. That's Monday, right? Yeah. Sweet. Monday. And as you know, we teased a little picture of what we're going to be talking about. And if you know the voice from that clip, can anybody guess? I don't know. Why don't you tell him, Ed? Well, one of my fun favorites. Phantasm! Phantasm! Yay! Woo! Oh, man. The tall man. The tall man <laughs> is legendary. And the thing is, and, and I don't know how much you want to give in the in the front end here, mm -hmm. but the cool thing, so we, we spoke a lot in the first podcast about how you showing me Sleepaway Camp for the first time, mm -hmm. and you know, the, the basement and like my dad's big collection, well, we rented something called Boogeyman. Yes. And that's how Phantasm was discovered. Even though my dad was a big Phantasm fan... Yeah. We 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 had never he had never passed that on to us in any right. of our tra uh, travails. And now for people who don't know, he says Boogeyman. What this was, it was a video that was like a highlight reel of horror movies. Uh, it would base what it would do. It was like do a profile of the killer from the movie, and then show like an iconic clip from that movie. Have their kill count. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then like it'd be like pop up video with like quick facts about the film, and that's where we saw the infamous orb scene from phantasm right. which is you know it has like an orb that flies around and it clings onto your face and just sucks out the blood right from you looks like it plugs into a nice soft spot right in the sinus so easy yes. access to the brain just really it was placed pretty perfectly yeah. to uh to start very start nice draining. very nice spot yeah you know but that's where we discovered it was boogeyman the killer compilation came out in 2001 how about that? And we should probably do an episode on that, just because of at that time, yes, there was high speed internet, more like DSL, like there, we we didn't have it. But but it's not like like Wikipedia and yeah. this big internet bank that we're, right. that we're familiar with. Yeah. So we discovered a lot of this stuff from movies like this. Right. When Boogeyman, the killer compilation, came out in two thousand one, and it's and we're watching, and it's the Tall Man from mm -hmm. Phantasm. We're like, okay, who the hell is that? Yeah, and then the, so you called it like the the orb sphere. Well, they're spheres. Well, yeah, but I'm saying, it. but we didn't know then. It's right. just like, oh wow, look at this like orb thing that flies and kills people. Yeah, and now we had no idea. Of course, there were people who were very much into Phantasm and the sequels and things like that. But you and I were very we didn't know. It's just like wow, that's that's yeah. really cool. And it ended up being this huge horror pop culture yeah thing yeah. So we, we kind of stumbled onto it, which is very cool. Yeah, exactly. That's one that came wasn't recommended to us. We came into it organically. Yep. You know, this cult classic mm -hmm. that has so much more to it that we love the series that we're not going to do just the whole, all four of them in, or five of them. Right, <laughs> five of them. In one shot, we're going to do them each in there. We'll do this and then we'll, we'll do an expanded universe. Exactly later and possibly even cover what we saw the documentary coming out later this year oh yeah we'll get to that we'll get to later. that at another time but today's focus is on the original the 1979 classic phantasm by 
Is it Don Corskelli? Cors- Don Coscarelli. Coscarelli. Yeah, that's uh, it. baby. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. What are you going to do? Uh, I'm not part of the tribe. <laughs> <laughs> the cool thing is, though, but this episode specifically called Phantasm Remastered. Yes. Episode two of the Red River Horror Podcast because, uh, some, and we'll get into all this a little bit later, there's a lot better sound and mm-hmm. the colors pop mm-hmm. and so so in other words jj abrams he loved phantasm as well he was a phantasm fan the biggest name in sci-fi and horror and well i guess you could say horror mm-hmm. of our generation not our generation the generation after us but anyway jj abrams is a big deal he's a big effing deal yeah so bad robot did right. the that studio his jj yep. abrams studio did that with uh that was don coscarelli was a big part of it too oh really yeah so it was him he was able to use Bad Robot's assets to convert it to 4K. So that's how it works. And when you talk about J.J. Abrams, and around that time, J.J. Abrams was working on The Force Awakens. Yes. Okay. Now, in Phantasm, the color of the sphere, it's a bright, shiny silver, right? Yes. Now, in The Force Force Awakens, there's a character who wears a bright, shiny silver armor everywhere do you remember what her name is oh my gosh captain phasma yes oh okay so captain phasma with that armor and that name is jj's little homage drop to phantasm in star wars that's excellent how about that cool i because you know me. I was a very late bloomer with Star Wars. I'm, yes. And these people, the, the our listeners might not like this. I came on board in episode one because we were young. Yeah. And it was coming out and the big deal around it. So the lure for Star Wars for me, like I'm not as into it. Yeah. So when I saw Captain Phasma for the first time, I'm just like, oh, so this is like Disney's going to take this character and make her into something and make a lot of money off of her. But that is so cool yeah. to know that J.J. was like, no, I'm adding this character as an homage yeah. to... Phantasm. Yes. How about Phasma? Phantasm? Yeah. The armor looks is the same, like, very shiny, just like the orb from Phantasm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, and then, you know, they underutilized her. But, hey, <laughs> right? that's that's a conversation completely separate. Yeah. So. You might want to do a special edition. Huh? <laughs> sneak <laughs> Star Wars Easter eggs. Yeah. But it's cool to introduce everybody. So, this, again, Red River Horror Podcast, Episode 2. Phantasm remastered, a 4K restoration of the great film Phantasm, the 1979 classic, mm-hmm. and it was done by J.J. Abrams, and, and as you said, with yep. Don Coscarelli, which I didn't know. I, yeah. And that's good, because Don Coscarelli really owns... The difference between Don Coscarelli and other horror filmmakers... Now, there are some horror filmmakers that just haven't made it, and they've tried to create their own thing in their own series... Especially in this world of VOD. Yeah. Don Coscarelli actually did with Phantasm. He he created a world, and yes, it, it gets very ridiculous as the series as, goes as, on. As you do. But the first one is a classic film with a classic character that he kind of owns all throughout. Yeah. Exactly. So. And it's the same starring cast. Yes. In all of them. So you, like, uh, a Michael Ball... Except... Uh, uh, um, a Michael Baldwin he universal uh, just a little nugget about why he's not Mike Mm -hmm. in the second one is universal didn't want 
him to, to reprise his role. Okay. They wanted to get a new mic. A new so, mic. But other than two, that is the only one yeah, who are he correct. comes back. That. That's right. Okay. But Reggie, our man Reggie. Oh, Reggie. Reggie Bannisters. He's in all of them. <sighs> the ice cream man. Yeah. <laughs> the ice cream man. <laughs> yeah. So. Yes. Yeah. Just a fun movie. This came out in 1979. Uh, was originally re- scheduled. Like, they did everything in 77. So when you get to like those Roman numerals at the end of the credits, it's actually tagged for 1977, not 79. Wow. So that just had some delays in getting released, but you know, which happens. Well, I think there was a lot of cuts. So the, it, the movie runtime is about an hour, 29 minutes. Okay. Um, but the original cut is a little over three hours and the movie is slow paced. So I, I would, three hours might be a bit much, yeah. But it also answers a question as to when we were going through those expanded ones. Like, where the hell did they have all this footage from when they were young? Because there's, you know, two hours of additional footage. <laughs> right. So, a different cut. Yeah. But we'll go through, like, the, the remastered one gives this one some... What I like about Phantasm the most is that it has a feel of a passion project. Where, yes. you know, it's not... We're not, it's not like the highest quality, but like you look at it from like where we are looking at a movie from the seventies, they all don't look high quality, but even compared to other productions at that time, like it has like more of an, not, I want to say amateur feel, but like, you know, its own pace. Like someone can, like, this is someone else's, this is someone's vision. Not so much like overproduced. Yes. And, you know. and that's exactly what I was saying. Like, you saying that Don Coscarelli was involved. Like, J.J. Abrams clearly has the resources to redo a film and make it pretty for this the, the new UHD screens and right. this new technologically advanced world. Don, it is like Don Coscarelli owns Phantasm. Yeah. It, so I, I like... It, it, you've picked up on that organically. Yeah. Like, you don't have to see old interviews of Don Coscarelli to say... Oh, it's just like oh, so he really liked. He really wanted to make this, and and he did. It's like no, it, it it's it's wonderful. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. what it is. Like it's imagine like if we were like not if when mm-hmm. we produce our next. You know, it'll obviously it'll be short. <laughs> sure. Because the next one will be a short film, but it has that feel of this is someone's like, this is their baby. You know, love mm-hmm. and care about it. Like, so that's that's what I like about it the most is that it has that feel. Just like hey, we made a movie. Right. And then they just kept doing it. But this first one really has that feel. And one of the more interesting things is trying to pick apart what's really going on in it. Because there's a lot of weird twists and turns with the tall man. But I just want to gauge what what's your favorite things about Phantasm? The favorite, my favorite things about Phantasm are the character of the tall man, who we haven't explored yet, uh, mm-hmm. played by Angus Scrim. Yes. Uh, again, First I saw him was on that Boogeyman compilation. I'm like, who is this? It's, it's a funeral director. <laughs> that's that's uh, pretty much an, an evil dude. And so I guess we'll go over, because there are some things I don't like about Phantasm that you've yeah. already kind of touched on. I did. So my favorite things about Phantasm is the character of the tall man. Uh, very unique. Uh, the mortician, the undertaker, the funeral director, that kind of character has always interested me yeah. in, in horror fiction and that's our special guest pumpkin make an appearance yeah. in the background so, so just to explain a little bit she may or may not make another appearance 
So my dog's named Pumpkin. We we're recording this week. So last week we were at our headquarters in Philly. Uh-huh. This week we are at the legendary cabin in the Pocono Mountains. So that's, that's where right. we're recording this week. So there yeah. might be a little more ambient noise, but Joe tells me. See, I come from the world of radio, so I always have to touch things up and make things perfect. Joe tells me in the world of podcasting, we can be a little more free. We can. Okay. It's not preferred, but like <laughs> dog barks. I mean, hey, if she's gonna do it, she's just gonna do right. it. We're not. We're not going to stop her or interrupt the flow of things. So if you hear a dog bark, it's just Pumpkin. Okay. She's just saying hello. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if she gets that out of control, we'll just, uh, we'll, uh, we'll cut. <laughs> Pick it up where it left off. But that's so, and I'll post a picture of Pumpkin on the, the Red River Horror Instagram so people can see our We'll <laughs> post her the cover of this special guest. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so favorite things about Phantasm, obviously the tall man. Mm-hmm. Second thing, the music. Very creepy. Phantasm came out like, so okay. John Carpenter does get all the credit and rightfully so for really taking a synthesizer and making, and he did that to make the sound bigger and really pace things, pace a movie with the mute, like write the music to the film. Um, I don't know. I can't say that I looked up anything about the soundtrack as to how they came to it, mm-hmm. but Phantasm has a great score yeah and the main theme is very creepy and and you've you've already sucked me in if all right creepy mortician slow pace great score yeah the other thing is a little more unique so yes in in this first phantasm you have our our characters i i love the brothers michael Jody, the friend reggie Mm -hmm. i love the car the barracuda (laughs) the barracuda yeah so they got to have the Hemi. Yes. So when I was, um, one of the notes that I saw is that the reason for the Barracuda mm-hmm. was strictly like Coscarelli put that in there just because he knew someone who had the Cuda and he's just jealous. He's oh. like, it's just the coolest car and then was able to get one for the film. Right. So you got to have it. <laughs> yeah. So this killer compilation, so you got to put things into perspective. I really like yeah. to kind of paint the picture of the times. So when we saw... When we heard of Phantasm for the first time, it was probably in 2001 with this Boogeyman killer compilation. What else came out in 2001? The Fast and the Furious. <laughs> so I was really I was really starting to love cars. It's something I had never picked up on before. So when you asked me just to kind of put a bow on this, the tall man, the score, and the car. Mm-hmm. That's what I love most about Phantasm. Yeah. What about you? More of the things that I like about it. Yeah, like, well, so you just asked me, what's my favorite stuff? What's your favorite stuff? What's the passion project thing? And then, like, looking into it, learning more about it. So, like, when you talk about the music, all the music's uh, organic. I can't remember the name of the person who did the score. But there's a scene where you have uh, Reggie and Jody playing on the, playing guitars like they're just singing a song. Yeah. That's written by uh, the actor who plays Jody. Um, And, you know, when I told you, Reggie's still plays music at like conventions and other things like you know they're both musicians well I w- as I w- well i want to give credit to uh the music because you because you mentioned them uh at least according to imdb fred myro and malcolm seagrave so thank you guys fred. thank you guys perfect yeah but go ahead continue. well done so there's that and then when we talk about it's uh with the opening scene at the funeral mm-hmm. it's like the older folks there are actually don coscarelli's parents and reggie bannister's parents oh wow to save things like that's how much of like you know passion project this was that's awesome right yeah so like little things like that it makes me feel like you know maybe someday if we ever if we ever get the hit we can make our own phantasm you know 
our own kind of project that really yeah is everything we yeah. want it to be yeah it's <laughs> it, ca- it captures me that and then also it's the the creepy factor of phantasm i like i don't i don't mind you know some people get bored from a slow pace i don't mind a slow pace as long as it's like a steady creep right and that's what once you get to uh probably about once once the once mike gets knocked off the dirt bike i guess it really picks up from there yeah that's a good point and it's just a steady like the tall man and then like he does like more creepy things we start to get introduced you know. more yeah the more you get into it man so yeah. i like i like that a lot that's just like a gradual build to like an ultimate finish so well one I thing enjoyed that i wanted to play that song for everybody because uh, movie clips, uh, doc movie clips from Fandango. Yeah, actually has it, so that means it's going to be a good quality. So let's listen to that song that Jody and Reggie. Yeah, absolutely. Was it something till midnight? Does it have the title? Hot as love. Oh, hot as love. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I'm gonna find this here. Oh yeah. All right, that's gonna be a good one. I still want to do like. Gotta love some original music. See, so we can get that little. Oh, well, Reggie's so this pulling opens up. with Jody's just sitting there jamming. Reggie comes pulling up in his ice cream truck. Uh-huh. So Reggie finally arrives. Mm-hmm. Jody's wearing a... Uh... What's interesting about this gem is that he's playing Jody's playing an electric guitar and then Reggie's in there with the acoustic doing the leads. Yeah. You'd think it would go the other way around, but you know, it just jams. So it's, it's cool you brought that up and Fandango's movie clips has a Yeah. So at least we got a good quality version of it. It jams. Good bluesy riff. Just thrown in there for why not? Yeah. <laughs> and that could be goofy like in other movies that could be goofy that feels like a genuine moment yeah so when you say passion project like that feels like real yeah in in this movie there's only one scene that just makes absolutely no sense right and that's he the the kid so we'll give it like the brief breakdown is so jody and michael are brothers mm-hmm. parents are dead jody is significantly older than michael He's normally out on the road doing whatever it is he's doing. And now he's back in his hometown because he has to take care of his kid brother. Yes. He doesn't really want to because he's like ready to go again. And he's just like, oh, I'm going to ship him off to my aunt's house or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so Michael's just kind of trying to figure out life. You know, no parents, older brother. He's like just tracking his older brother down and then somehow ends up at a fortune teller. Yes, yeah, he does. Who's just some old lady who's just sitting there with like her daughter, who's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then there's the part. What's the box? Just magically appears, and he, he like puts your hand in it, and it grabs his hand. He's like, this. Oh, this really hurts. <laughs> this one. Oh, come on, stop it. <laughs> and then he gets his hand out. It's like, don't be afraid or no fear. And then he slaps the money down, the box disappears, and they laugh at each other. And that's it for yeah. 
like she doesn't come back really. I think there's maybe one more clip where it just shows her face. I, yeah, or the blonde girl. Yeah, comes back. Yeah, it, it it is weird because you have to wonder, did that just not flow? Well, they cut it. So if the movie was three hours, did is there something that we're supposed to get from that that doesn't really tell the story and we're just missing it? Yeah, and so with that being said, so one of the major things with Phantasm, and you you might you know this from seeing all of them, or maybe haven't put it together on, is that the way it's kind of like odd like that and sporadic and just how things can just happen. Yeah, is that it's all just a dream. Like we're just seeing Michael's dream because he's been through a lot of trauma. That I never knew. Well, guess what, Ed? That's a big thing in the Phantasm fan community. So, is that's so, all just a vi- a dream. This is all we're just seeing Michael's nightmare. So that's what, like... It's all made up in his head from the trauma. It That makes sense because, like, I, I don't... Like, the movie's called Phantasm and... Mm-hmm. So yeah, like like phantasm mm-hmm. is a and the, what is this according to Oxford, a figment of the imagination, an illusion, or apparition. Mm-hmm. Wow. How about okay, that? Okay. So now uh, we don't even need to finish this. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> now, no, but now I feel like you an know. Idiot. Every time we record those ones, just you and I, I'm trying. I'm gonna try and just drop bombs on you. Yes. But it does bring some clarity to why. Everything is like a little bit all over the place because mm-hmm. we move into the more sci-fi part of the film. Mm-hmm. So you, the things that you like, the things that I like, like these are all very cool. Like yeah. a creepy villain, a, a team that you really want to root for in the brothers and Reggie. And then you add this third element of the dwarves. Yeah, notice neither one of us said the dwarves are one of our favorite parts. Like they're yeah. silly. Yes. And, like, I get it. It's like he, the tall man, will, he takes your body and you go to his red planet, which is in another dimension. And then right. you come back one of these, his minions, basically. Yeah. They look like Jawas. Right. And so there is, like, a debate about that. But remember when I said that it was actually 77 was mm-hmm. when production? So it was made before, the, they made it before they knew what Jawas were. So it's just a coincidence. Or George Lucas stole it. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. oh, shots fired. Shots fired. Look out, George. No. <laughs> I mean, George is doing much better than Don Coscarelli. So, I mean, I think even, yeah, yeah, even if George Lucas stole it, he's just like, yeah, so what? Yeah, what, what, what he do does. He, why would he care? <laughs> Which, it's fine. But so, you know, and then they're like his yeah. minions. They do his bidding. They'll come and get you. And for some reason, like, and that's also why it's like, why why is the tall man, first time he sees Michael, he's, he's like, I've been waiting for you. Yes. Why is that? And then why, why are these little things after him? So, yeah, like, the dream thing just all comes together. It really does, because that's... And the thing is, that the dwarves, uh, minions, whatever you want to call them, they become more important in the sequels, because the, the sequels are more action-oriented. But in this film, specifically, it really takes me away from it, because if you're saying that... The idea is that the tall man goes into different towns, becomes the head, like, undertaker of the town. Yep. And starts to clear out the population as almost like, like to, to, so he takes these people, he makes them a smaller size, he, he fills them with whatever that yellow blood, that, that goo, 
Right. Whatever it is. And then ships him off to the Red Planet to, like, he's like the master over. Right. Kind of. So, so if you're saying what I would have liked better, mm-hmm. not that my opinion matters, but what I would have liked better We're is, a little late. Yes. <laughs> is that he does, he, his goal is to kind to kind of clear out the town. Mm-hmm. So kill people, take the dead, and then whether he consumes them, whatever he does, I'd rather yeah. not know. But we do know what he does with them. And and I think, and I'm, I'm forgetting the person's name, the brothers and, well, Jody and Reggie find that out because there was, the reason Reggie's, uh, Jody is in town is because they're attending the funeral of one of their best friends, kind of like the right. third part. Right, 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 that's right, yeah. So they discover later in the film that one of the the Jawas mm-hmm. is their friend. He's like, "Wait a minute!" And yeah. the coffin's they, empty. They get his hood down, and it's their buddy. I think it was Tommy, uh, yeah, something I, like I that. What I mean, it does. He's not that important, but it's like, no, that's where you find out. It's like, oh, the tall man takes actual bodies, right? You know, so and it turns them into his minions. To 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 turn the page on that, I'm not that the sci-fi elements of it, and I'm sure other people yeah. like it. I'm not a huge fan of the sci-fi elements. I don't like the Red Planet. I don't like cutting people in half and then turning them into his like servants. Right. Um, yeah. No, that's and that's fine. I mean, everything else about it's cool. If you like the Jawas or dwarves, whatever we want to call them, that's fine. <laughs> if it didn't have that, it'd still be okay. Yes. Like, they're there, but if they weren't there, it really wouldn't make that much of a difference. No. And some people would be like... Well, well, no, because they do what they do is bidding. And it's like, eh, eh, eh. Yeah. you know, here's another thing that the tall man can do. He can uh, turn into a hot blonde at the bar and uh, pick you up. Next thing he knows, right. you're you're making out with some chick and it uh, turns into an old man. Yeah, which is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, But but the, the fact that uh, it was all a dream mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, perfect. It caps it a little yeah. bit better for me. And so... One of the fun things that I enjoyed learning about with the uh, production part is so Angus Scrim. Yes, the tall man. The tall man himself is, he's a relatively tall guy. The actor himself I, is 6'4". Correct. So, oh, there's, there she there's is, pumpkin. our special Welcome guest back, pumpkin. pumpkin. She's back. Yeah, tall man Angus Scrim is 6'4". Six, 6'4". Four. Six, four. So, when that opening clip we played, the funeral's about to begin, sir. Yes, they found out that him and uh, man, I keep I keep blanking on actors' names, but who cares? So he goes, "We'll just talk about the characters." Yeah. So when he does that, that's Jody's shoulder okay. that he grabs, and the actors turn out to be about the same height, and that's where it's like we uh, need to try and make him look taller. Right. So that's he was on top of like a crate for that one. Okay. And then what they did is they put you know blocks on like shoes to make him taller, and then undersized suits. Right. So wear a suit that's like two sizes too small. So that's why it's like really tight on him. Ah. And why his arms are like hanging out. Okay. So I like that visual. And it works. Absolutely. And it works really he well. looks like a tall man. Yeah. For a film that only had a budget of $300,000, the special effects that they did for back then are spectacular. Absolutely. You know, with the flying, the you know, flying orb and just the tall, making the tall man look tall. Right. Um, I, I just want to kind of give him his his love because he's such an important character. Bill Thornberry played Jody. Bill Thornberry, and yes. I knew that I should because he's like everyone else has their own name. Like Reggie is Reggie. Yes, it is. Michael is Michael. Bill Thornberry. Jody is Bill Thornberry. <laughs> so I was like, I can get through this without notes. I don't have to remember one name. And guess what I did? 
What? I forgot that one oh, thing. Poor Bill. Well, Bill, Bill, if you ever come on the program, we, we, we would love to chat with you and talk about your experience. Bill will just say, if you can forgive me, <laughs> if you find it in you. But we'll, we'll get through a quick synopsis of the film. A teenage boy and his friends face off against a mysterious grave robber known only as the Tall Man, who keeps a lethal arsenal of terrible weapons with him. It was written and directed by Don Coscarelli, Michael Baldwin, Bill Thorn- Thornberry, Reggie Bannister are the stars. So just to, if people need the, the bullet point details, because we're going to go off yeah. into Phantasm Land now. And very fitting that we're recording this episode in the Mountain House, because Don Coscarelli, when we watched that interview with him and Angus Scrim in yes. the special edition, where he wrote the script, yes. in, he went up to a mountain retreat outside of Los Angeles and Correct. wrote the entire screenplay locked away in a cabin. Wow. So that means we can do the same thing. We can do the same thing. And create a cult. Well, actually, see, all right, I wanted to ask you this. Yes. Is Phantasm a cult classic or is it a horror classic? Wow. (laughs) You know, uh, I mean. The original and the remastered, of course. Is it possible that the original, its cult following, put it into the horror classic category? Yes. Because, like, what would, I mean, I guess The Blob would be a cult classic. The Blob's a cult classic. <laughs> and Phantasm with the Tall Man, like, he's got, you know what? I guess it is a horror, it has to be a horror classic. Maybe it's not a cult classic. Maybe I'm just completely wrong. Because he's got, there's references to the Tall Man in music and other movies, like, other things. There are. There's plenty of them. Like, there's there's posters, like, when, uh, what was the uh, Suncoast video? Yes. There was still, Suncoast. like, fans, there was, yeah. So very much a horror classic and i keep saying i'm i'm just so terrible <laughs> but no you're right it's a horror classic i think it's because because my, my wife melissa actually saw a fedex guy yeah. with the tall man tattooed on it like the back of his calf and she she went up to him and she asked him she's like is that the tall man and he's like thank god like you're the only person that no people always ask oh is that like uh, your grandfather or whatever it's like i'm so glad you knew that I think that if you're a horror fan, mm-hmm. Phantasm is not considered a cult classic. I think if you love horror movies, Phantasm just falls right in line with all of the other greats. Yeah, I mean, even around that time when we first saw Phantasm, an album that is I still love Yeah. by this band called The Murder Dolls. The album's called Beyond the Valley of the Murder Dolls, but it's, you know, all their stuff's horror-themed. It was uh, Joey Jordison from Slipknot's Side Project. Oh, okay. And you got uh, Wednesday 13, who's a guy I still follow who does mostly like horror-themed uh, music. It's like horror-themed punk metal, whatever. But I, name I haven't heard in a while. I know, but like, so their their first single was called Dead in Hollywood, and one of the lines in, in it is, Hey, tall man, just take my hand <laughs> and lead me to your red planet. So, and it's that's actually tall man. Well, yeah, I mean, the whole <laughs> song's heart. It's almost all their songs are dedicated to horror movies and that's going to be another episode i'm gonna we're gonna do some deep digs but it's like that song came out around the same time we just saw phantasm like oh yeah i mean now more i think about it, i'm like it was always right in front of our faces it's in a compilation of like horror greats right yes you're right although that that <laughs> compilation what are, what are we even doing i think we should go back to that you know what i think we should do an episode exclusively on boogeyman the killer compilation just because there are definitely people out there who will be like, oh, at some of the people included in that. Yeah. And other people that just like, wait, who? 
So well, we, I mean, that's how we spent a lot of it. We did. We did, <laughs> and that's how we found Phantasm and actually pursued it. Yeah. To watch it, but I look at this episode, episode two of the Red River Horror Co- Podcast, mm-hmm. Phantasm remastered. I look at this as almost a love letter to the film itself, because you can you can tune in anywhere and hear all of all of the different things people's opinions about the film today you're hearing ours mm. and i just i love the film so much i do consider it a horror classic the music the pacing the colors which were jj uh, abrams and his team did a great job with the remaster of it for 4k because we got to watch it and it really popped on the screen it, it was good to see something like that yeah get that kind of love cuz you yeah. always see it's like, I don't mean to say this because I think this is kind of toolish, right? Mm-hmm. When Led Zeppelin releases another version of Zeppelin 4 or something, you always see from the original tapes remastered by Jimmy Jimmy Page. Right. How many damn times is Jimmy Page going to remaster Zeppelin 4? I'm not... <laughs> like, but with this, with Phantasm, J.J. Abrams, a powerhouse in the film, in the space right now. Yeah, I mean, Bad Robot Productions makes yes. great stuff. He said, you know what? I love this film. I want to remaster this film. Mm-hmm. So I look at this episode. I'm, I'm really glad. It's kind of cool. We're, we're in the Poconos uh, recording this one. And while that creates some other ambient sounds we might not be used to, or <laughs> I, I, I love this film so much. Yeah. For all the things that we've been talking about. Yeah. It's not my number one that we've watched in the basement, but it's certainly in the top five. Yeah. So. Absolutely. It's a great find. It really is. I mean... Um, how about we, uh, talk about, finish up with our favorite things. There's a, uh, sure. A very special line that's near and dear to your heart. It is. Yes. Let's, let's, let's let the folks at home. All right. Embrace. This is, this is like one, you know, it's hard to remember certain like one liners that stick with you, but this is one that it's not a one liner. It's a couple liner, (laughs) but just a gem. Of a delivery. Remember, you don't aim a gun at a man unless you intend to shoot him. And you don't shoot a man unless you intend to kill him. No warning shots. Hey, you listening to me? Yeah. No warning shots. Warning shots are bullshit. You shoot to kill or you don't shoot at all. <laughs> so, um, warning shots are bullshit. So, back then, uh-huh. you still had away messages for AOL for the instant messenger the instant messenger so again we saw boogeyman in 2001 yeah luckily my dad again from the vast library we didn't have to rent phantasm nope. like, oh yeah i, I got, got that, that. <laughs> so we get to watch it so i all these horror movies if we could go back on an internet caching site and find all of my away messages mm-hmm. one was f off no one's home from blair witch 2 book of shadows yep and the other one was that exact quote from Jody. Uh, Jody was telling Mike, "He's just like, <laughs> never shoot, don't shoot a man unless you intend to kill him." Uh, it's it's just it's incredible. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, words of wisdom, man, from it, Jody. It really, really is. Um, wow. <laughs> but but it goes back to again your favorite elements of the film. You know, you, Jody and Reggie are best friends, but this was a great moment between brothers. Right. I like it for its comedic. Like, I was like, "Wow, what?" A, at that age, I'm just like, "Whoa, what mm-hmm. a profound statement." Yeah. Well, it's also like the point where it's like he's showing him the gun, and it's like, "Oh, we're about, we're about to get going." Like, yeah. Shit's about to get real. 
And uh, for Jody, it doesn't work out so well. No. 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 Poor Jody. Poor Jody. He's Poor He is the only... Again, if you're out there, if you're listening to the Red River Horror podcast, I would expect that you've seen Phantasm. So yeah. We'll put in the notes that there are spoilers. Jody is the only real casualty of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't make it out of the... Which is a totally. nice twist because Reggie does get stabbed and they play it off yeah. as a, because remember we were watching and you're just like, how does he survive that? Like, remember we are sitting on the couch. Yes. It's like, wait a minute. How do, how do, what? It's like, we completely forgot that that was part of like a twist mm-hmm. in the movie where it seems like Reggie's going to be the one to die because he gets stabbed in the gut by the tall man while he's disguised as a woman. Yes. But Jody's the one. Jody's the one that gets dying. taken. Yeah, he gets taken. That's it. And and well, we we we're to think he's dead again. This is <laughs> this is a dream. So Reggie ends up surviving to much to, to the to the love of the sequels. Like Reggie ends up surviving. So now it's kind of Reggie is taking care of Mike in Jody's absence. So I mean, this is really messed up, man. Poor Mike. Yeah. What a horrible ride. Right. Exactly. For, so like Mike. That's one of the theories is that like Jody was already dead too. In the dream aspect oh. of it all it's like he's just gone so like think about this like mike's 13 year old he lost his parents that alone would cause turmoil in his life and then like so we're like closing to the ending it's like if we take the ending into account with the additional loss of jody there's no doubt that mike could easily create the happenings at morningside cemetery in his head hmm. so it would be as if mike mm-hmm. painted this entire picture the tall man is the ultimate grim reaper because he's i'm, I'm so, trying to put it all together so it's like his 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 creation of the tall man the red planet the slaves and the infamous sphere could all be a coping mechan- mechanism to be like a deflection of the truth wow so it's like you know why did this happen and then he's making it up so that makes him cope with reality like you know rather than accepting reality of they're just dead yeah how they well his parents were an accident right they do explain it in the film. I can't remember off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. They they were lost in some... I mean, obviously, I think they were lost simultaneously. An accident would be the most logical right. um, uh, suggestion there. But with... I guess I never really thought of the tragedy of Mike. And what's very strange is there's a scene in Phantasm mm-hmm. where Reggie's loading the ice cream truck and Mike sees the, the tall man... In the daylight, walking downtown in like the city center, right, and the tall man stops, turns, stares directly at Mike, and almost as if he smells him, he makes the Angus Scrim does a great job with, with his acting work. I think he's a a, a thespian. Is that what they call him? A stage actor? Yes. Uh, Angus Scrim. Yeah. Um, he does a great job where he kind of turns towards Mike as if he smells up. He's like, mm. uh, and looks at him, and then keeps on walking. So Mike is clearly special to the tall man. In the sequels, it's explained a little more, but think of this and think as if there's no phantasm. There are no phantasm sequels. Right. Mike is special to the tall man. Yeah, and it's like why? Yes. So there's our there's our reason why, because mm-hmm. it's him. He's the one crea- crafting the story in his own mind. Wow. Mm-hmm. And it's, you gotta give like especially when you're talking about how Angus Grimm acted that out. It's that character easily, because he doesn't do much. He walks, no. he doesn't say much, 
So very easily it could just be like, okay, and just not creepy, not scary at all. He's, he maintains the facial expressions. It's like those little subtle things that Angus Grimm does as the tall man that keeps it creepy. Yes. You know, and if he it was someone else, character. it easily could have just been like, this is terrible. <laughs> so Angus Grimm really brought it and made, mm-hmm. brought the tall man to life so much so that there can never really be another tall man except Angus Grimm, yeah. who sadly passed. Uh, they were able to get Phantasm Five Ravager. Again, we'll get through. We'll get to that. Hey, we'll do the expanded universe. Yeah. In a separate episode. But, um, and then I we're talking about people who had, you know, Anger Scrim died. Shame, mm-hmm. but at least they got to complete their story. Yeah. Um, f- fact that I learned about the sphere is that the spheres were designed by a craftsman named Willard Green. He, he only ch- he charged the production about $1,100 to craft those. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, but sadly, he died just after production completed in 77, and he never actually got to see his work on the big screen. Wow. You know, which is a shame the guy who created something that's like an iconic horror yeah. weapon. That, it's, never got to see it, but hey, man. The sphere is almost a character. I mean, I think that The actually, sphere itself is a character. Yes. That's why when we say, like, the dwarves don't matter. The spheres the more scare is more scary than the, the the slaves or whatever you want to call them. Sure. So, um, you want to talk a little tidbit about the special effects of how that worked? Oh, definitely. Because you know, seventies, it's like it's clearly it's not on a string. You know. No. It feels because it's like no. choppy, so it's like there's clearly a camera effect on it to make it fly. Yeah, so and what, it, it look it appears very smooth. I mean, for that time, it's very very smooth. Right. So, but it was a simple effect. So the sphere. So what they did is they had someone, a guy like a guy who was a baseball pitcher, okay, like a guy who could really chuck a ball. Yeah. Have him stand by, stand behind the camera, and then just wing it, and wow. so they would get that shot and then reverse the film. So that way, when it's coming at you so smooth like that, it's because it's the reverse shot. Oh. And that's why it's so smooth and just, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Right? So it's not on a string? It's not on a fishing line? Nope. They just had the guy stand behind, toss it, and just, like, they capture that, and then have the film come in reverse. Yeah. And then you can get that nice, like, coming right at you look. Man, that's pretty amazing, the things they had to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And we're able to pull off because it th- that's always one thing I admired about the sphere itself. Mm-hmm. It's not stupid. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah, and like even the how they would do the sticking to the head, it's like okay, now like the actor they would reverse that too. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's on his head first and then like so he would make it like he would put it on, do that in reverse so it makes it seem like he's trying to get it off. Right. But now it's in. And, um, and then, you know, you just do like a little splice and then you cut in the special effect of it sucking his brains out. (laughs) (laughs) That's, I mean, I'm cool. I'm glad. That's really good to know because I always gave credit to the spheres flight, uh, how it appeared on screen. I, I never, it was such a cool scene, something on, and that's what stuck out. To say that the tall man is what brought me into Phantasm when we watched the killer compilation, it was more the sphere thing. I had never seen anything like that in film. Yeah. Horror, horror OGs, horror fans, of course they know about the spirits. It's like, wait, you don't know about that? Oh my god. Of course, but we're talking about this as, you know, just, you know, we enjoy this. Yeah. You know, we're learning. Absolutely. Enjoying. 
So, <laughs> very cool. So, so a baseball pitcher threw it. They yeah, I mean, that's the what image. the note says, a baseball pitcher. I imagine it'd be like, who can really throw this thing? <laughs> yeah. That's my guess. So it's like, who's who's got a cannon? <laughs> yeah. Someone step up, give this thing, give this thing a toss. Right. You know. So we had that. Yes. Um, who is the? Uh, oh, there's no name to it. It's okay. Whoa! What else do we got here, Edward? I mean, it is the iconic scene. Ooh, I got a mistake in the film. Two mistakes in the film. Uh, as as our listeners learned from episode one. I would never be able to point out these mistakes, but please go ahead. Yeah, the first one I, I was blown away by that too because you just don't think about it. Yeah, it's like I don't care, like because that was just an intro thing where it's just like who 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 cares? <laughs> uh, this one same thing. So one of the iconic scenes, other than the sphere, like the one that really stuck out to us, and is noted in the movies. So in early the tall man, how we we first learn how he's supernatural. Right. Is Mike's creeping around the cemetery, and the tall man just picks up a coffin like it's nothing. Yes, which scared me at the time. Yeah, I was just like, ooh, whoa, 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 this whoa. Guy's... yes, okay, yeah, yeah. So what that was is, you know, they used like a lighter weight wood, but it's still not light because it's a big box. <laughs> and if you look closely to the side, you can see the the rope that is used to help push it up. It's <laughs> so like he is able to lift it kind of to get it into the car needed a little extra boost right. so like they just had something behind them that would be able to push it through the other one is there's a part where i think it's michael's in the hearse mm-hmm. and he shoots out the back tire yes now the tire he aims for is the rear right tire when the camera pans back out it's the left tire Ah. that's blown out not a big deal but no that's that seems nitpicky but i get it it is nitpicky but i just wanted to bring it up because i was just like "Ah, if we could find something we could find something but yeah it doesn't bother me one bit no and and i have to wonder so we watched we in preparation for this episode we finally got to watch phantasm remastered yes remastered version of it i wonder if jj abrams or bad robot the team i wonder if they took out the rope See, like, I wonder if... I'm sure it was edited out. You know? Because, like, what we weren't looking for, because we don't care. <laughs> right. No, That's, not at all. Those little things don't matter to us. No. We're there to enjoy mm-hmm. and just have a good time with it. It's like, you know, I mean, that's always been our approach. It's like, even if it's a silly horror movie, we're going to give it the benefit and try and, you know, get into it. Yeah. And if you've read some of my reviews on RedRiverHorror.com, I am more optimistic about horror films. So, what I mean is, someone might see Slender Man mm-hmm. made by Screen Gems and Sony Pictures and just be like, this is garbage. Right. Why did somebody do that? I might watch it and be like, okay, well, what was good about it? That's true. It, it, so, I'm a little more optimistic, and I think that helps and hurts me when it comes to watching films. Yeah, that's very true, though. <laughs> that I mean, you could say it's generous, but it's, I think it's just being fair. I think so, too. I think, especially in the horror genre, people are quick to write things off. They're just like, eh, I wasn't scared. It's like, so what? Yeah. It's like try and catch the vibe that the creator was going for. Exactly. Yeah. And and maybe that's that's what works with Phantasm so well. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> You're in. I, I I am so in for Phantasm. It's it was such a treat kind of and I explained in episode 1 of the Red River Horror podcast. So this week, the week of August 2nd, 2020, it again, we're still fighting this this coronavirus covid-19 and p- 
people had to get creative since everything was pretty much locked down starting on <laughs> Friday the 13th back in March. Yep. So one of the things we did was almost go back to our roots, whereas we didn't go back to my parents' basement that they had the finished basement and the setup for to watch horror films. We went to my garage and we set up a smaller, like, regular projector screen type thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, have the Cinego DVD projector. Yeah. That still has a fantastic picture. It does the years. So we watched, we, during the quarantine, I guess we'll call it. So now, if everything's shut down on Friday the 13th, we're recording this uh, the week of August 2nd. Mm-hmm. We watched, I bought the, the box set that included Phantasm Remastered. Yep. And you and I watched two, three, four, and finally five Ravager throughout this this pandemic time. We did. And to prep for this episode, so we we just watched two, three, four, five, and to prep for this, we finally watched Phantasm Remastered. We did, and we enjoyed it. <laughs> Absolutely. We still walked away just being like, man, you know what? That's just fun. <laughs> it is. It's it's, but but it's also it's about family. It's about friends. It's. It's that's literally what the movie's all about. Yes. And and I think that's why it holds such a high place. So to 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 put a bow on what I'm saying, mm-hmm. yes, I'm overly optimistic about horror films. I always try and get in the head of the creator and see what they were trying to do and appreciate the moments that really, you know, grab you or it's something that was effective to me and not just kind of crap on the whole film. With Phantasm, I'm not doing that. It really holds such a high place in my heart. I love everything about it except the the minions, yeah, uh, and the yellow blood. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm pretty much the same, same here. It's like I they they're not really necessary, but hey, they're there. Yeah. And I don't like hate them, yeah. but like take them or leave them. Right. So that's all we'll say about that. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. We didn't make it, so. Mm-hmm. No, we didn't make it. So, Don Coscarelli, thank you very much. Thank you very much for, <laughs> for giving us this. Uh, do we got anything else you want to add? Do we have another clip, or are we go? Oh, uh, do we have the boogeyman facts? The I don't. Make <gasps> gasp! But you know what? Why don't we watch it, and I'll tell you the facts that come on screen. I love it. Let's yes. do it. We'll give that a second. We'll pull that right up. Mm-hmm. Oh man, what else is on? Like every all the icon, all like the big names are on there. Oh, absolutely! But Boogeyman made us watch Phantasm, uh, the which, Ugly, the Ugly, the Oh was, yeah, the Ugly. That was, was the, the Australian one or New Zealand. Yes. Yeah. Dude, that was creep. We're gonna have to do one on that. That's and the thing is, I didn't oh. really like the Ugly, but I was watching the Killer compilation again in preparation for this episode. Yeah. My uh, my wife Melissa, she's just like. We should give that another shot because we both didn't. We weren't in that headspace when we first watched it in the early two thousands. We didn't know what to expect, <laughs> right? Like, and then the other one was uh, Wishmaster, mm-hmm. which Wishmaster is just so early nineties, late eighties. Uh, Wishmaster was the or no, late, it was late nineties. It late was 90s. late nineties, yeah. but what Wishmaster did, and we could do a whole episode on that. Tony Todd, Kane Hodder, Robert Englund. Well, you know, um, we're gonna have our pal. We're always gonna pay. Give love to our pal Tony Todd. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Hashtag Tony Todd. Tony Todd Tuesday still going. And if you're hearing this for the first time, let it be known. We created Tony Todd Tuesday. We did. It was on a whim. Yes. Well, you, you're just like, we need to, you guys got to do another one. Yes. 
And then boom, Tony Todd Tuesday took off. Well, I think the hashtag Team Toddsters is a little more often used, but that's okay. But the but the thing is, Joe is part of. Well, wait, we'll get to you. Wait, we'll get to you. Hold on, hold on, killer compilation. So anyway, Joe comes from. so I come from the world of radio. Joe does come from the world of podcasting. He was on a very successful podcast for a long period of time. He did a few years. And luckily, their Twitter hashtag games just kind of took off and yeah. blew up. So I was I was trying to not like not become a part of the team, but I wanted to help in any way I could. Well, yeah. I didn't understand the Twitter thing at all, but you guys were doing it, utilizing it very successfully. And I'm like, you know what? I'm a huge Tony Todd fan. Guys, guess what? I got one for your podcast, Tony Todd Tuesday. You did. And we started it up. I started doing Tony Todd Tuesday, and it started going. And then the best thing is Tony participated, too. He did. So Tony Todd, he would re, you know, retweet, give thanks. <laughs> we'll take it. Love you, Tony. Thank you very much for that, uh-huh. Tony. And so, I have the clip so lined up. So here we up. go. Check out this clip. This is what Joe and I saw for the very first time, and this introduced us to the tall man. Occupation, mortician, transforms human corpses into zombie dwarves, and impales his enemies with killer flying spears. So this is the scene, this is the infamous... The spear scene. The spear scene, which I think comes 36 minutes into the film. It's such an iconic scene. Yes. No, yeah, that's it, 36 minutes. Yeah. yeah. We timestamped that. And <laughs> we did it. <laughs> eerie feel that music so Mike's walking through Mm -hmm. the tall man's sanctuary here he's walking through the mortuary I guess it would be called right yeah well it's a mausoleum mausoleum okay with the marble walls Mm -hmm. we're doing a little commentary because this this clip is 3 minutes 13 seconds long it's also very quiet yeah so all right, so on screen, first flick. Writer, director Don Coscarelli completed the first draft of Phantasm in two weeks. These are flicks facts that come up on the box. Ooh, tell me more as they come. He went on to write and direct four Phantasm movies with a fifth in development. That's right, because Ravager's 18 years after four. It's pretty far. The mausoleum set was built in a warehouse in Chatsworth, California. How about that? So these are on the screen as this scene's happening. This is yeah. what Joe and I are watching. Oh. The flying sphere became so popular that the sequel tagline is, quote, the ball is back. <laughs> <laughs> so you can hear that sucking the uh, blood out of this guy's face. The designer of the flying spheres died a few weeks after filming ended. Joe. Look at that. I'm right on top of it. Whoa. <laughs> Rest in peace. R.I.P. Thank you for your work. The original sphere was constructed for approximately $800. Ah, so my number was off. You went up a little higher. Yeah. 800 bucks. Still, that's pretty amazing. All right, another Flix facts. Here they come. The tall man is played by Angus Scrim, whose real name is Lawrence Rory Guy. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. So Mike sees the tall man. Here we go. Uh... Scrim is only... Scrim is only about 6'3 in real life. Mm. So I think Flix Facts has it wrong because both you and I found 6'4. Six, four. Six, four, which is still tall. Yeah, an inch, whatever. Elevator shoes and camera angles are used to make the tall man appear taller. That's I forgot about the camera angles, yeah. So elevator shoes and the smaller suit, the undersized suits. Yep. 
Here's another Flicks fact. Scrim, a Grammy winner, has written liner notes for the Beatles. Well, there's a fun fact. Yeah. His hand's jammed in the door. Mike's got the knife. Uh, give me another Flicks fact. Here we go. Come on. <laughs> oh. Uh, now we find out he cuts off the tall man's fingers. All right, so that's the end of that scene. Right, so, so that's how he gets the finger to show Mike to make people believe that or Mike gets the tall man's finger. That's what chops off. He takes it to Jody, and that's how they're like, oh, you're not joking around. <laughs> then we know the famous thing from Don Coscarelli in the interview. He got the idea from to have that scene in there just from poking his finger through a styrofoam cup. <laughs> right, right. It's like, this is creepy. Let's have that in there. And there you have it. All right. So the only thing I wanted to mention before we wrap up, you can yeah. do the, the final wrap up, is just what are this... Oh, my gosh. I didn't even think about that. Never mind. What? It was today... Is so work again. This is meant for the week of August second. Yeah, Nick is still constructing the horror movie preview, so we will get to that in next week's. So Nick I'll... from Movie Babble is going to have some fresh trailers for RedRiverHorror.com. Yes, but this oh. week I am left without any. So, so next week's show we'll have to give the uh, what happened this week of August second and the following week. So. Most definitely, absolutely. So, Joe, to to answer your question, that is that's all I have. Yeah, man. I I don't have anything else. If you want to tweet at me at Red River Joe, give me your thoughts on Phantasm. Please, please do. Find me at Red River Joe on Twitter. You can even tweet at at Red River Horror on Twitter. Yes, and you I'm know? gonna be again my 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 regular my my daytime job. Uh, yeah. Like it's it's my real name, but here uh, you guys can reach me directly at Red River Horror, and we keep it easy. Joe's at Riv- Red River Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to say. Uh, thanks for everybody that tuned in to the first yes. Red River Horror Podcast and picking the film Sleepaway Camp. We really hope you enjoyed that. If you haven't heard it, um, this is available. Again, it's hosted on Podbean, so you can get the Podbean app, download mm. that, and follow Red River Horror. Or you can actually find it on Apple Podcasts, which is probably... And Google Podcasts. And Google Podcasts now. And mid-August will be on Spotify Yes. and SoundCloud. Okay, Spotify. So pretty soon we'll be saying, wherever you enjoy your podcast. Yes. So we're getting there. Thank you so much for being with us this early on. Mm-hmm. We, we're we not going anywhere. Nope. This this we're, we're going full throttle. Absolutely. This was episode two, mm-hmm. Phantasm Remastered. Thank you, Don Coscarelli, for writing, direct, directing. Thank you, Angus Scrim. Love the tall man, the character. And Reggie Bannister. Reggie. And A. Michael Baldwin. And... Bill, Bill Thornberry. No, I, I just this is this is such a favorite of mine, and of course to the Barracuda. So I just wanted to say goodbye myself. I'm Eddie Kayazo, uh, founder of RedRiverHorror.com, and I am Joe Zakreski, your host of the Red River Horror Podcast. We will see you next time. Keep traveling those channels of fear. You play a good game, boy, but the game is finished. Now you die.